Let's wholesale real estate. We're gonna wholesale real estate. If you wanna wholesale real estate, then you are in the right place. You don't need no money, you don't need no credit. It's so simple that anyone can get it. Luke's gonna teach you just how to get started. All you have to do is learn and apply it. You are in the right place. You're gonna wholesale real estate. You're gonna wholesale real estate. So let's get started. What's going on, beautiful people? Sakpase, Nabule, and welcome to another episode of School of Wholesaling. Welcome back. Welcome back, and boy, do I have a treat for you. Hey, guys, what's going on? This is Luke Mondeus. For those of you who know, young Haitian real estate investor in Central Florida, flipping houses, been wholesaling houses since 2016, did my first deal September 26th of 2016 for 31 grand, completely changed my life, and now I'm the host of this show right here that you're listening to, School of Wholesaling, and I'm here to bring you value and get you educated and on your way or getting on your way to your first deal done, all right? So aside from that too, guys, as you know, I am also here to help you literally build your own economy through the power of wholesaling. Guys, your first deal is going to bring you into the business, but the deals after that are going to free you. So now pay attention because what we're gonna be talking about on this podcast episode today is gonna be something that is truly valuable. As you guys know, I value a whole lot when I talk about things or talk about uh, topics or, 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 or discussions that are gonna be truly valuable to you. I don't like just to talk about what I know. I also like to bring in some of my experts to also speak with you on what they know. So today, I've got a really awesome, amazing expert that I'm bringing to the table right now, bringing to the podcast right now, guys. And this is a recording of one of our uh, uh, meetups. And what I wanna share with you guys, I, I, I didn't share this, but I wanna share this with you, the listener of the podcast right now, because I want you to get the value that was given in that meetup right here on this podcast. So what I'm doing for you guys is I'm bringing on a good friend of mine. He's my contractor. He works on a lot of our projects. He also works on a lot of our buyer's projects as well that we manage for them. And so he's our GC. He's he's the one and only Anthony Manzella. And uh, what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to share with you, um, I'm going to share with you uh, the recording of the uh, meetup. And so that way you can get the value out of the meetup. Now, what is this about? Why am I bringing Anthony on the show? Well, we're talking about contracting. We're talking about how to estimate repairs from a contractor's point of view. Now, guys, the thing, the thing to understand as, as to why this would be important to listen to, okay, whether you're just getting to, into the business, whether you've got some experience already wholesaling, you... It's, it's so valuable to you when you are able to understand accurately the cost of repairs and also just, just you know, what all goes into flipping a house. Now, remember this, all right? The key to be able to sell a great investment property, all right, the key to any great deal is knowing what to do with it, okay? So you have to understand what your investors are, you know, what, what your investors understand, right? So if somebody's going to flip a house, it's important to understand how much does it cost to flip a house? What goes all into flipping a house, all right? And those are the answers that my man, Anthony, can, so can solve for you, can answer for you. So he's going to talk about general contracting. We're going to get through this, guys. We're going to bring so much value to the table. Everybody at the meetup loved it. So what you're going to be listening to right now is you're going to be listening to a live recording of the actual meetup. So it's all of us in there. This was done virtually. And 
by the way, guys, if you want to join in on these monthly meetups, guys, we have this every single month, adding value every single month. If you want to join in, you all you have to do is go to sowcontent.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, join the Facebook group. It's completely free. And hop in there, guys, and join in on the monthly meetups. I bring in experts just like Anthony to come in and speak. And aside from that, we talk about really amazing topics that's going to help you propel your business. All right. So don't be afraid to hop on. It's completely virtual. You can join in from anywhere. We've got people from all over, all over the, uh, all over the U.S. joining in. We've got people from North Carolina. We've got people in Florida. We got people all over. So it's it's really really awesome, guys. Join in to this free free event. It's completely free, completely virtual. You can join in right now. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop talking right now because I want you guys to get this value. All right, we're going to be on here for quite some time. If you've got to eat this. A podcast episode in chunks. I highly encourage you listen to to it in its entirety. Uh, so if you're not able to finish it right now, come back to it, finish it because what we're talking about here, guys, is a wealth of knowledge. So now before I press play, I just want you to know this: if you need help right now with your first deal, stop trying to figure it all out on your own. There's way there's there's a whole lot of information out here. There's a plethora of information. There's coaches. There's programs you can join to help you get to that first deal. As you know. You're more than welcome to check out School of Wholesaling to help you get your first deal done. We've got a JV program here in Florida. So if, if anybody's got a deal here in Florida, you can reach out to me. We can JV it together, get your first first, uh, first deal closed. Aside from that, guys, you know, what you don't know you don't know can hurt you, guys. It's going to cost you way more money trying to figure this out, way more time trying to figure this out, way more headache trying to figure this out on your own, especially when you're new to this. If you don't know what you don't know, how can you get done what you don't know? This is the value of a mentor. This is the value of education. This is the value of courses because what you're going to do when you watch these courses, when you read um, and get educated, or when you have a mentor who can show you how to do it, you're going to know what you don't know. So that way you succeed a whole lot faster. So if you want to get the help, if you want to get the assistance on this process, if you don't want to have to piece your business together and figure it out on your own there's no need to all you've got to do is go to sowcontent.com you can either join in the free webinar where i give you four simple steps that you can take right now to close your first deal four actionable steps that's going to bring you results we want results in this business we don't want to just talk fluff and you know just try things we want to we want to do things that's going to work right guys do not reinvent the wheel all right success leaves clues if i'm doing something that's successful you repeat the same process and have consistency with it and persistence you're going to be successful too right and vice versa for a lot of for a lot of many other ways of doing this business right because it's not just one way right but what i'm going to show you is i'm going to show you one way that i was able to do this business and close my first deal and close many other deals after that a way that i'm still teaching to this day guys a way that i'm still teaching to this day how to get deals a way that even after uh, uh, the pandemic, people are still closing deals with this. So four simple steps. You guys got to take action on this. And by taking action, I mean getting into the web class, learning, taking notes, and then, of course, more importantly, implementing what you learn so you can get results. So that's what it's about. Go to SOWcontent.com. You can check that out. There's also the availability to join the masterclass group and actually get mentorship for a fraction of the price. Guys, this is this is a no-brainer, right? <laughs> it's a no-brainer for you. I'm giving it away because I want to help a thousand people right now. I want to help a thousand people close their first deal. I want to help a thousand people rebuild their economies. I want to help a thousand families get going wholesaling real estate so they can build capital so they can invest in things that they really want in life, things that you you really want in life, things that you really want out of life. Okay, so go ahead. Don't hesitate. Take the action right now. Let's get going. Let's get moving because 
Right now, guys, there's a lot of abundance out here. So many people are still closing deals. We're still closing deals. We've got plenty of deals shaking, new things happening, more deals coming. It's amazing. And so I want to be able to help you get there. Go to SOWcontent.com right now. Check out all of the material on there. If the courses don't make sense for you, if mentorship doesn't make sense for you, I've also got tools on there to help make your process a whole lot easier. So go on to SOWcontent.com. Check it out. Get the value and close your first deal. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's get going. My man, Anthony Mazzella. I'm going to press play. Check it out. Listen to it. Get the value and see you guys next time. Awesome. Well, let's talk about let, let's talk about contracting. So let, let's first set the foundation here. Right. Um, so, guys, like I said, I kind of gave you a brief inter introduction about Anthony, but I'd like Anthony to uh, introduce himself. So why don't you start from the beginning, Anthony? How did you even get into contracting? Why should anybody even, you know, listen to what you got to say? And, you know, why should we believe you're an expert? All right. Uh, you hit me with some tough questions right off the bat. Um, I'll start with uh, why I'm in construction or how I got into construction. That was just one of those things that I always was into since I was a little kid, since I can remember. It was always construction, construction, construction. Spent my allowance buying tools and lived near an industrial park where I always had um, access to materials and places to build stuff. And um, and then went on to, you know, graduate high school, went on to college because uh, that's what I was supposed to do. That's what my parents wanted me to do. And um, was a teacher for a while. Didn't uh, find it quite as rewarding as everybody else seems to or think it thinks it's, uh, thinks it's like. And, um, didn't really see much of a future in it. Um, uh, I'm not trying to badmouth the teaching industry, but uh, you hear a lot of negativity when you're in there. And uh, it seems like a lot of people waiting for a pension, you know, gonna, gonna ride out 30 years, get a pension, and then, you know, try and go live out a, the rest of their life on a beach or something. And it just wasn't for me. Uh, so I continued, uh, I taught for a few years, and ended up buying my first property. Uh, what happened was I was at that age where all my buddies were buying their, they were over, overextending themselves, um, financing as much as they can. It was the beginning of the real estate boom that probably started, I'm not sure, I think it started the mid 2000s. I know the bust was 08, but it you know gradually started increasing probably 03 and, and up. And uh, so everybody just had this idea that the more they could borrow, the more money they were going to make and they were going to cash out. And um, that wasn't really, I just didn't want to put myself in that kind of debt. And I was the sole breadwinner. Uh, so I, uh, when it came time to buy a place, I didn't qualify for much. And uh, I went, uh, I wasn't really going to get much other than a small little condo, which wasn't going to work because I had three kids. So... I uh, happened to find a two unit and I'm originally from Chicago. We call those two flats there here. They call them duplexes um, and went to the bank and said, Hey, I found this place. Really like it. But um, it's over my, my budget. What you guys have offered me uh, to borrow on. And um, they said, it's no problem because you have rental income, which surprised me. So I was able to get the house that I wanted had everything I wanted. It was old and got to continue working with the uh, construction, learning stuff on my own house as I went. 
and just continued. Ended up buying from there. I bought a four unit, six unit, nine unit, cashed out, moved down here, picked back up. Um, and by then I was out of teaching and I just became a GC full time and was working on other people's projects. So I was still doing some investing in the side, on the side, not so much as flips, but more long-term investment properties and commercial properties and that, and ended up working with uh, people like yourself, eventually met some investors, uh, which I used to steer clear of because investors uh, always seemed like they were trying to get something for, for nothing because they watched too many HGTV shows, but um, ended up working out. Which, which is nothing like what people see on TV, right? It is yeah, like right, right. So once you know, once I got with some experienced investors and they knew what they were doing, um, it seemed like a good partnership for both of us. So that's, I'd say it makes up about 40, 50% of my business now. Oh, cool. Fantastic, man. So you actually have, you actually have investment experience, right? You've had, you've had some rental, rental units, um, that you've, uh, that yeah. you've, so you, so you're actually an investor as well, man. Um, you, 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 yeah. you, you also now, um, I did go by just, just to let you know, I didn't tell you this on the phone the other day, but I did go by and see the new construction that you built, man. Um, oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and, and it's and it's gorgeous, man. Beautiful, beautiful Thank work you. done by you. Um, so let's let's actually talk about that. Let's talk about building costs. Um, I mean, what right now? What is the average going rate for for building costs in construction? Uh, for new construction, that just the building itself, not land, not utilities, not impact fees, because it all varies, as, as you guys all know. But you're looking at you can get it as low as about eighty eighty five dollars a square foot. And probably upwards to about 150 uh, square foot. So there is a big range, but it does depend on client taste, size, um, and uh, the contractor that you work with. Because you know they like every every other business, they keep pushing up their numbers to see as, as much as the market will bear. And there's so much work coming everybody's way that uh, you know a lot of guys can pick and choose what they want to do. And they care more about you know, moving on to the next project that they can make more money on then keeping relationships um, that might last them through a crash. True, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, they, they, they say, well, uh, you know, people who get into uh, flipping houses, I mean, I heard it from some investors that I know that the, one of the toughest things to find when you get into flipping homes uh, is a solid, uh, you know, contract. You know, a solid yeah. contractor that's gonna give you good prices, that's gonna, you know, do the job on time, that's gonna be reliable. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and you know, so and so, so so in terms of contracting, so let's so let's talk about a house that for for, instance, for what we do, right? We don't do a whole lot of new construction. When, when you work with me, a lot of what we do is renovating homes, either for some of our clients or you know just the stuff that I do, right? Um, and so, um, like, so for for someone who let's just say a house that's about twelve hundred square feet, standard home, right? Twelve hundred square feet, three bedroom, two, a two bathroom, one car garage, two car garage. And then getting that property from really bad shape into really nice shape, like Pearl, a property like Pearl, what would you say yeah. um, the average growing rate would be for full rehab by square footage? Well, I'm drawing a blank on what it ended up costing because yeah. that was uh, a few projects back. But you could probably count on something at 1,200 square feet. You get a, a block home with a good structure, doesn't need a new roof, doesn't need any major repairs. You're just going all cosmetic. Um, you know, you're looking at anywhere on the low end 
about 15,000. That doesn't include your appliances and, you know, different things that you might want to give, give for uh, potential buyers. But, um, you know, 15 to about $30,000 is where you're at. By the time you put in a new modest kitchen, um, I like, I like seeing people put in granite. Um, I don't make any extra money. Um, you know, to me, I make the same amount of money if I put in granite or formica, but I think that the little bit of extra money for the granite is a good selling point. And um, so you got that, you got, you know, you paint the inside and outside, usually clean up. A lot of times you need some new flooring throughout. Uh, so you can always, for flooring on the real cheap side, you can go about 250 a square foot. Um, realistically, you're going to spend about 350 to $4 a square foot by the time you buy the material and have it all installed. Um, usually you need just broken doors. You want some new door hardware. You want some new lighting, stuff like that. So, um, you know, if you keep it simple, yeah, I'd say that uh, low, low end is about 15 and average is probably in the 20s and then get a little fancy and you're in the third you're hitting the 30s so got it so about 15 20 and 30 yep so about it so about a, so for about a, a house that's for like about a thousand square feet right we divide that by square footage that'll be about uh 15 per square foot uh 20 per square foot and 30 per square foot for what we have yep that's it Solid. awesome awesome that's guys you find that valuable so, so, so when you go into a property, you can pretty much just take a look at the property and say, well, you know, if the property needs very light rehab, then uh, you can assess the property for $15 per square foot. If it has a medium rehab, which we'll actually get into a little more detail as to what we what we consider to be light, medium, and, uh, and a full rehab. But when you can kind of take a look and see, okay, well, it needs this much work. This is a medium rehab. I need to take the property square footage, multiply it by... Uh, you know, 20, 20, uh, 20, 25 dollars per square feet, and then I can end up with my repair costs, right? So essentially, what we're doing now is is uh, we're going to go into a little more detail to this, so that way you guys can have a sense when you're going to your properties and you're assessing your properties and you're looking around, and you're looking left to your right, and you're looking at the refrigerator. You you, you can just you know see things um, that you may not have seen before, uh, just to ensure that you have a process when you go into a property as well, and you know what to look for. So let's actually talk about that, Anthony. If you can share with us, man, um, what is the so what would be something so if, for yourself, right? Put yourself in in an investor. Uh, put your investor hat on for se for a second because you're yeah. an investor too. So put your yeah. investor's hat on. You're going inside of a property and you're going to be assessing the type of repairs you need to make in a inside of the property. What are you looking for? How do you how do you take a look at your properties? Okay, the very first, when it when it comes to con the construction end of it and rehab, the very first thing I'm going to look at is the roof soffit and fascia. Um, the steeper the roof, the less likely it, it needs to be replaced. They, a steeper roof lasts a lot longer than a um, than one with the with a lower pitch on it. Also, you uh, you want to look at how complicated the roof is. It's got a bunch of valleys and all different angles and all that stuff. Now you go to have it repaired, re you know, something done on it. It's going to cost you a lot more than a simple, basic uh, gable roof. So, uh, not that I would steer away from one with a, with a bad roof, but that's, you know, first thing I look at is, hey, this is going to cost me X amount of dollars if I got to put a new roof in, into it. Or if the roof just looks that bad, that... The, even though it is in good shape, it's not leaking, but the, the new buyer, you know, a person I'm going to sell it to, is going to look at it and say, you know, this thing needs a new roof, even if it doesn't. So I look at that uh, soffit and fascia, 
that stuff is usually, you can see if it's been well-maintained, well-painted, or if it's got the aluminum on it. Then when I get inside, uh, I, the layout um, to me is a big thing. If you've got a house that's all pieced together and it's got walls where doesn't really seem to need walls and you got a bedroom and the only way to get into that bedroom is to go through another bedroom um i i i really i personally try to stay away from it unless i'm prepared unless it's that good of a deal that i'm gonna um you know it's gonna be worth it to me to open that up um and not that all that's that difficult to work but sometimes you're going you know it's a three or four bedroom but really by the time you get done working on it you might only be a two or three or something like that so you I look at that uh some other things that i i tend to notice is if you have a variety of ceiling heights and floor heights and door heights yeah. which in a lot of the older homes especially the frame ones it just looks like somebody bought a house 20 30 40 years later somebody put on an addition you know they didn't uh, not necessarily they didn't do it right, but they kind of cut corners, you know, let's just put, do a seven foot ceiling in this one because it'll be easier yeah. than, you know, matching the rest of the house. So all that kind of stuff is, um, when you start opening walls, start removing walls, it gets to be a real pain. Um, and it'd have to be a really good deal to, um, to make it worth your while. And so far I personally haven't found any deals worth where it is worth the while. And when I've done it for some other investors, they've kind of regretted uh, those types of uh, purchases. When it comes to electrical, okay. same thing. I look for all kinds of mixed mass heights. If you know, not that an outlet, every outlet in the house has to be the exact same height, but if you've got them all over the place and on the wrong side of the door, uh, you know, you open the door and you got to go around the door to get to it. Stuff like that. It, personally, that stuff doesn't scare me all that much. But if I w wasn't handy and I was an investor and I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, okay, somebody add, kept just kept adding on over the years, over the years, over the years. And that electrical might not be um, salvageable. Um, or it might have to be moved where I can move it. That's not a big deal for me. But as you know, calling on an electrician, yeah. uh, you know, you're at the mercy of them then. So uh, you got that, and then um, the HVAC, I think most people can look at a unit. If it's old and rusty, even if it works, you know it's gonna scare off a, a potential buyer. So you just, I think rule of thumb is usually about five, $6,000 kind of budget for AC. If you can get it cheaper, great. If not, um, at least you know where you're at with that. Um, the plumbing is usually easy to fix. Uh, I haven't run into too many issues. Um, I'm trying to think if there, there's really not uh, what's that Pearl, Pearl yeah we had the issue on Pearl we had to we plumb that entire house that was like the only home we did like we did like that though remember that oh but you bought that you knew right yeah yeah we, 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 we plumbed the entire home on that house but that was that was you know that's that's not something that yes right I do um, we, we, we just did it because do you, do you know why you want to talk about why we did that why we, we plumbed the entire home versus just kind of fixing the leak that was in the master bathroom? Were you asking me? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you remember, but on Pearl- You gotta refresh my memory on that one. <laughs> so, so, all right, so, so I'll just talk about it. So, so on Pearl, which is the last house um, that, that we flipped um, a few months ago. Uh, that, so, so with that property, uh, there, was, there was a leak in the master bathroom, right? So underneath the master sink, there was like this huge leak. 
And uh, it turns out that it was in the main piping that was inside the concrete of the property, like on the underneath the slab. So we ended up uh, repiping the entire home uh, through the ceiling of the house, right? And then running it back out to, 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 to the city, uh, to the city water. Um, and so we, we ended up spending, uh, I think Jeff charged us, what, 60, I think like $6,600 for that. So if you had to re-plumb re or re-pipe a home, guys, yeah. it's going to be around around that price. But of course, if it's like- Yeah, small, okay, now I do- re like that, yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, less. I recall that now. Um, I knew it was a repipe, but I couldn't remember because I think you kind of made the final decision on that because there was the opportunity to do some repairs, but it was, you know, it's like how much- cutting into the floor do you want to do and that and um another one is copper in the floor uh that is it's not used anymore really and not at least in florida and um something about the corrosion and it was installed uh it was a common thing in the 70s and 80s and that and then they started going with uh cp pvc then cpvc and now packs and all that but uh, a lot of time you know you can be prepared uh for for something like that but you Usually you'll see signs of uh, water damage, stuff like that. Um, when it comes to a drain, uh, I would say 90%, I would, well, I'd say drains or um, supply lines, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, it's a fairly simple fix. Um, you know, it could be just clogged or, you know, new shut off, stuff like that. There are rare cases where you do have to replumb whole house, um, but I wouldn't say it's the, it's a common thing that you have to worry about. Hopefully your inspector would uh, pick up on that. And then another one that I noticed that it, I've seen a lot of investors make this mistake um, is they do not check with the building department or code enforcement to see if there are outstanding violations. What will happen is yeah. I'll get the project they'll say, okay, I want a new kitchen. Well, most places you don't need a permit to do a new kitchen. So I'm in there doing the new kitchen. Next thing you know, code enforcement pulls up and they say, hey, these guys, you know, the, uh, they did this, this and that. And we shut them down and that. And you tell them, well, it's a new owner. Well, they don't care that it's a new owner. I mean, they might, uh, you know, they might be a little more easygoing or understand that you, you know, that's not your fault, but they want it corrected. They want it done right. Now you're opening up, uh, you're at the mercy of the building department. Getting getting code enforcement off your back is pretty easy. All you gotta do is get a building permit in most cases, yeah. um, or get, get the violation corrected in most cases. Once you get to the building department though, um, you are really at their mercy. I, I would say about 78% of the time, they're great to work with. They're happy that the work's getting done. They'll walk you through the process, but a lot of times, and it really depends on the area. Sometimes you just get a very difficult building department. Um, you can get difficult inspectors, as everybody knows. Those guys, that's fairly easy to to work through with them. But um, but anyway, so that is the big thing. If you if you heard some horror stories about the building department, do a little research. And sometimes they just make it. Uh, you know, you you wonder how does anybody even pull a permit in this town. <laughs> If they're uh, if that's how they treat their their investors or any or homeowners in general, but um, so yeah, the, the the code violation is a big thing because not that they can't be corrected. It's just that now you got another entity breathing down your neck while you're trying to get this thing back on the market, and you just never know what they want. Yeah, or what they're gonna expect you to do. So.
and, and just is, is that why a lot of uh, a lot of investors, even flippers, you know, even some some experienced ones, they stay away from properties that are fire damaged and things like that because of all the regulations and steps that they got to go through with code and all that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and those types of properties, um, rebuilding them is fun uh, for me at least. Uh, usually you can get them on great deals, but you got to expect whatever you think it's going to take to have for your contractor to do it, double that. And whatever you think it's going to take to get your permits, multiply it by five <laughs> because you're going to have to get drawings, uh, you know, engineer drawings. You're going to have to get um, your trust, you know, new trust is engineered, everything. The process to start on those jobs is, is very time consuming. Right. Uh, it's never going to be done. You're never going to get your permits in a month on a, on a fire job. It's going to, you're going to be dealing with engineers or architects and draftsmen and then get your plans approved and all that stuff. So there's variations in your building permits. Uh, you know, if you're going to replace windows and you want to get some building permits, you go down most places it's over the counter, show them what you're doing. They hand you a permit. When it gets into something like structural, they need everything approved by an engineer. And um, that's usually the hardest part. Getting once you once you get going on it, it's uh, you kind of already know you're replacing everything. So there's not a whole lot of surprises in a fire damage. But yeah. getting getting started, it's not a fast process. So you've got to be patient with that, or or stay away from. So cool, cool. So now now let me let me ask you this, man. Um, what is something that 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 you've seen a lot with? just the projects that you've had that that may have been a hidden expense or a hidden, you know, something that's usually missed a whole lot by investors um, that you would that you would want to suggest somebody to check out a home that they probably wouldn't normally check otherwise. Okay. Uh, first thing is have somebody check your electrical panel. Most of the time they're, they're in pretty good shape, even if they're 30, 40 years old, that's fine. But there is a brand called Stablock. It's the only brand that I know of um, that um, was... Outlawed, basically. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have them in their home, and stab lock breakers uh, do not trip. They're a fire hazard, so there's no, there's nothing you can do other than completely replace that. Uh, if you got aluminum wiring, uh, that one gets overlooked sometimes. It's not common, but there was a brief period they were using it, and it's got to be done right. When well, you can keep it in there, but you know, rewiring or even hooking up outlets got to be done right. People usually overlook that, um, and. A well and septic, that's not real common um, if you're in an urban area or, or even suburban area, but out in the country, a lot of well and septic and uh, those type of repairs. But uh, the, the other one, the big one is like the code violations. People just tend to overlook or they're looking at what they want the property to be than what it really is when they're they're looking at it. They're, they're tricking themselves into thinking it's less work than it really is. So. Okay. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah. real quick, man. Let me let me ask you this. So, for someone, um, for someone who's who's new to this, uh, now, how how would you be able to, t uh, whether or not a property is on well or on septic? I mean, how would you be able to to, to check that? And with the property that is that is on septic, on uh, yeah. um, what kind of expenses are we talking here? If the septic tank needs to be replaced or cleaned? Sure. So the uh, quick uh, quick way to to tell either of them is uh, there should be a pump house. Uh, usually in the backyard, but you'll have a, you'll have a well pump. Uh, you'll also have a breaker. If you flip the breakers off and your water stops, that means you're on a well. Um, then also with the septic, you usually have a mound. That's where the, your wastewater percolates into your uh, baffles, you know, that it leaves the septic tank and then disperses out into the yard somewhere. Um, you, 
you can look and see if it looks like it's caved in and that there it's without somebody that is in that field looking at it and assessing it you just don't know but usually those can cost you three to five thousand dollars for a new septic system three to five thousand dollars and a well is usually a thousand to two thousand dollars depending on the type of pump location of the pump because it can be at the top or bottom and um that's about it with those so um it's nice for the owners because they don't have a water bill, but when you're investing, you know, that's something to take into consideration. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, man. Um, so let's, so let me ask you this here. So now in terms of, in terms of things that, um, again, that, that, that a new investor may want to look at, um, we talked about electric, right? We talked about plumbing. We talked about checking, checking the roof. Uh, we talked about, uh, also, you know, septic, and uh in, in sewer water so uh, one of the things i want to ask you now man is is when you're dealing with properties that have pools how does how does somebody look at a pool and determine whether or not they have maybe the pool might need repairs you know how do you look at a pool uh with the pool i i'm not a pool contractor i don't do anything with pools uh but i usually i would i would advise somebody to just think of the worst <laughs> what if this thing needs uh you know, new pump. Uh, if it's if it's not a uh, cement, oh, what happened there? I lost you. You hear me? There we go. Okay. So if it's I uh, got a liner, just assume it needs a liner, <clears throat> stuff like that. Um, and that's really all I know about about pools. Um, you know, as far as in ground pools, you know, just plan on needing a new pump and if you don't need one great you just save yourself some money but otherwise budget for it oh awesome awesome so um what would you, what would you suggest I, i'd like to ask you this man um what are three pieces of advice that you'd want to give to a new investor who's getting started and they want to analyze the property they want to look at the property what, 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 what's three pieces of advice you want to give them okay uh first i'd say is before you uh, buy any property, ask a lot of questions um, from multiple sources. Even if you, a lot of times people go to, they'll go to a source, they'll get the answer they want, and then they'll they'll be done. Or they'll get an answer that uh, that deters them from a property, and they'll just you know walk away from it. I would ask from a lot of sources. Ask uh, GCs. Ask inspectors ask your friends ask colleagues ask the neighbors uh neighbors they always give you information they'll know a lot of times they'll know something about a house you know the guy that used to live there before he died he uh you know he kind of fixed this but didn't do it right or that house needs this or that or um you know used to be crackheads living in it or whatever information they have for you but um yeah asking a lot of questions from a lot of multiple sources I always um, just, I try to get, you know, I'll try to ask the same question three, four different people uh, and see, you know, and kind of form my own opinion. Uh, But uh, that one, can you still hear me, Luke? Yes. Okay. Because the screen's doing something funny, but anyways, the, uh, the next part would uh, be have a clear vision of what you want to do to the house. Not that you can't change it as you get into it, but the best the best thing to uh, to make your life easier is to know you know I want to do this this and that. That's where I'm at, and that's what you bring to your 
contractor. Bring a scope of work if you can. Bring your material selections. Have a have a clear path that you want. Now, if you want to change it as you go and you got a good relationship, talk to the, you. You can always talk to the contractor and uh, you know ask them to make changes. But if you come off and you're, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. What do you think about this? And you end up with somebody that. Um, can either take advantage or they might just want to steer, steer away from the work because uh, they don't want to spend the time helping you make decisions. Um, that can be uh, a reason that you can, um, well, you won't, you know, you always hear people, oh, the guy hasn't called me back and this and that. Sometimes it's not always a contractor. Sometimes it's the uh, client. If they don't know, if they don't have a path of what they want, it's the contractor's attitude is like, when you figure out what you want, give me a call and I'll be happy to come come help you through it and it also makes your life a lot easier you know pick your paint color stick with it pick your cabinets stick with it pick your flooring just just pick everything spend a day at lowe's home depot and have a vision and move forward with it um then uh i guess i'm thinking along the line to the contracting here more than anything else but uh the other one would be to not burn any bridges um even myself you know i use a lot of subs and um, sometimes their prices will come in way too high um, or they'll, they'll come in okay, but I'm going to go with another contractor. What I always make sure to do, give those contracts, give the people that I'm not giving the work to, give them a call or send them an email or a text. Tell them, listen, you know, I appreciate your, your, um, your quote. Uh, right now I've got uh, somebody that's going to do it for considerably less, um, but you know, if that doesn't work out, could I give you a call or hopefully we can work together on the next project. That way, when the guy with the good quote doesn't deliver or you get through the project and you think I'm never going to use this guy again, you can go back. You know, you're not you're not going with your uh, what's that, tail between your legs, you know, to go back and and kind of beg somebody. You're, you're going back as, as you discussed and say, hey, it didn't work out before, but you know, I'd like to give you a try on this one and that one. And you're not not embarrassed or scrambling for five new people to give you bids. Oh, cool, solid. All right, guys, you, you guys get a lot of value tonight? Thumbs up, you're getting value tonight. Absolutely. Fantastic. Now, 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 Anthony, I wanna. I also wanna tell you, man. Um, again, I wanna say thank you because this group that this group that you're in right now is a group of new investors who are gonna become. Um, who are gonna who are gonna make their oh. way to become. Uh, <laughs> one second, and we're, we're gonna make their way. Oh, the beautiful, beautiful chocolate, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so they're gonna make their way into becoming, you know, investors, right? Um. So, so a lot sure. of what they, a lot of what they do now is is wholesaling. So you know a little bit about wholesaling. You know, we talk about it. Time to yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it helps to know from, you know, a standpoint of someone who's actually in the business, a standpoint of a GC, what to actually look for, right? Because when you go into to look for a property, you know, a lot of what they're doing is 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 taking the property down and then you know selling it to another investor, you know, for a higher price and then, you know make making right. between. Um, but it, it, when they're good at what they do their investors are going to love them and going to want to buy more properties from them. Right. right. That's the experience that I've, that I've seen. You see what I'm saying? In my, in, in, in just, in just in my career. So I wanted to, uh, I, I just want to say, man, thank you again, because I wanted to bring you on here to share with you what you know, so they can hear it from a actual GC man and not just anybody, but one of the best in Florida, 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, thank you. Wait, it. we started out. I was the best. I was the best at the beginning of this. Now I'm one of the best. What's going on? <laughs> Be best, my man. All right, thanks. So you, you already know. Listen, listen. So I, I, I wanted to bring it. I wanted to bring that value to everybody because, guys, here's the thing, right? Um, I know, I know you guys are all here, you know, to, to wholesale real estate. I, I know you guys are all here to build capital and either supplement your income or to replace your income wholesaling real estate, right? But here's the thing. Real estate is just the first stage. Eventually, you'll get really great at, at wholesaling real estate. Eventually, you'll get really great at running, you know, running your business and it's going to become time for you to diversify into either passive real estate or either, you know, active real estate investing where you're flipping homes or you're, you know, you, you're holding rental property. And it's really good to get into the habit of actually knowing these things because later on down the line, when you need to use it, you know how to find a great GC like Anthony, right? Um, because of because of going to, uh, maybe this meetup can help. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, here's a great question. I got a question for you. Sure. If somebody wanted to find, if anybody right now in this meetup group wanted to find their own Anthony Manzello, you tell me, what should someone look for in a GC in case they wanted to bring a GC onto their team and maybe help them assess properties and walk properties with them? Oh, that's a tough question because I, I don't really look for GCs because <laughs> I am one. I do know that when I'm looking for subs, uh, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, you got to go through a lot of different people. But um, I would say look for somebody that's going to be responsive. Um, if you got to call somebody three, four times, they could have the best price, best product, but you know, you're, you're just, you're setting yourself up for a lot of stress and aggravation. Uh, so try to find somebody that will communicate with you, will work with you, will explain stuff. Don't be afraid to just say, look, okay, that the price sounds great, everything sounds great, but I have no idea what you're even talking about, why I need this <laughs> or what this is. Just tell them what, okay, what is that and why do I need it? And if, you know, they won't take five minutes to explain it to you or explain to you options and stuff like that, then um, I would try to find somebody else. Easier said than done because it is, it's tough out there. There's so many, uh, so much, so much work going on and so many different people out there that it's, it's hard to find somebody. And then of course, word of mouth is usually the best. Somebody has a good experience, you know, try to get a hold of, of their contractor if they're willing to give them up. Awesome. And so, and so another question for you, man, really quick. Um, if someone wanted to be able to get, I guess, practice getting good at eyeballing uh, repairs on a property, um, how would they do that? What would hmm. be a great way to practice? Practice? That? Well, I can tell you how I did it was, um, first of all, I'd come up with a few different ways to, to bid it. Um, go with this, you know, you got the square foot thing that we talked about. So keep that in mind. Then go ahead and try to itemize. I know if you are not experienced, you have no idea, but you could look at something and know, you know, is it painting that wall? Is that like a $200 thing or a $2,000 thing? You kind of, if you can't figure that out, then maybe you shouldn't be investing, <laughs> investing, but, um, but so, you know, go with what you know, put those numbers together and then, uh, you know, maybe ask, ask somebody, no, ask a colleague like yourself. Then come up with, take all three of those. Average them out. See if you come up, if, if if you're way off on one of them. You know, if one of them is double what the other one is, then you made a mistake somewhere. If they all come in close, then you know you're kind of on the right track. And always, um, always put in a, an extra 10% for miscellaneous. You know, you, you, certain things you forget about is uh, trash, trash removal. Even 
Um, Dumpsters. You know, some of the stuff is obvious, but some of the stuff, you know, you take in, you, you assume that the contractor is going to do it. And I always put it in my bids, but not all contractors do. Next thing you know, you got a garage full of, uh, of debris or out in your front yard. And then you got to find somebody to get rid of that. So awesome. Awesome. So yeah, so let's so let's talk about this really quick. So earlier, earlier guys, we talked about light, medium, and you know, full rehabs. So let's go into a little bit more detail as to um how to uh, identify what's considered light rehab, a medium rehab, and a full rehab. Well, obviously the, the full rehab is, is obvious, right? That's down to you know, you're doing everything. You're doing kitchen, bathrooms, floorings, paint. Right, roof, electric, yeah. I mean everything. So um, but let's talk about a light rehab versus a medium rehab. Um so what would you consider to be a, a light rehab for so for a home about a thousand square feet, we talked about you know fifteen dollars square foot. Um so what would you consider that to be? How, how much could you get done with fifteen dollars per square foot? Uh usually you can get on a light one, you can get you get the inside and outside all repainted. You get some new cabinets, uh you can get you know, you're talking Home Depot or Lowe's cabinets, not high-end cabinets, but, you know, a nice, nice set of uh, new cabinets. Um, you'll have some money to, uh, usually changing out the switches and outlets, um, at, or at least minimum the wall plates, make it look nice, and some flooring. Oh, and uh, some light fixtures. And then in the bathrooms, you know, if you got to put a new, you know, toilets aren't that expensive. Vanities can be reasonable as well, as long as you stick with a standard size. And a promo that you can find it at Lowe's Home Depot. Um, if you're going to try to go with a bigger one or something high end, you know you could spend fifteen hundred dollars on a vanity. But if you stay within reason, you can get new fixtures, new flooring, and uh, all cos mostly cosmetic stuff, all redone for uh, for that fifteen dollars a square foot. Awesome, awesome. And so for a medium rehab, so um, be before we talk about medium rehabs, so just to recap on a light rehab, guys. It's basic cosmetics, paint, fixing a few things here and there, right? Remodeling the kitchen, putting new cabinetry in there. Um, but we haven't even talked about any appliances, right? Because appliances, that's a separate bid that's not included in any contract. Yeah. Um, so appliances, if you get brand new appliances, guys, just to give you an idea what the cost of brand new appliances are, it's about $4,000 for brand new appliances. And sometimes you can get them on sale. Um, I mean, I know you guys aren't flipping, but I'm, I'm telling you this because if you ever need, if you ever look at a property and you talk to a seller, and you notice the appliances are just like, they're shot, they're done, right? Then uh, you can most certainly, you know, let that seller know, well, hey, listen, you know, when, when it's time for us to have to renovate this property, we're gonna have to put in new appliances here for the new homeowner. And it's gonna be about, you know, X amount of dollars to do that. So new appliances, and this is stainless steel, guys, stainless steel, a good set of stainless steel, uh, the entire package, uh, refrigerator, uh, dishwasher, uh, you know, range, and, and, uh, and microwave. The entire package, guys, about four thousand dollars. You can get you uh, a set. What about washer and dryer? Do you ever put those in? No, 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 no. We don't, we don't put that. No, uh, that's optional. If you want to put your yeah. own in, you can put your own washer and dryer in. Uh, right. <laughs> most, I mean, most people bring their own washer and dryer when they move, which is the interesting yeah. thing about it. Uh, but, well, yeah. So that's that's something that's not necessary. If you want to put a washer and dryer in your inside your house, you're more than welcome to. Some houses that you may get may come with a washer, decent washer and dryer, uh, washer and dryer. And I know some houses that we got. Came with, came with a few in it. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the point is, guys, 
Um, at the end of the day, you can take what you're learning here and you can apply it in the field. So when you're speaking with when you're speaking with your homeowners um, and you're talking about repairs, you can you you can you know you can take what you're learning here today and you can identify things that the homeowner may not notice or just identify things that you may not have been able to notice before and have some sense of knowledge as to what it's going to cost to fix. So if you ever need to negotiate costs, uh, you can get the homeowner educated on uh, on what it actually costs to fix some of these things. You know, that one more thing I'd like to, to add, I just remembered. There is a website that I came across a few years ago, and I've used it to cross-reference uh, my own pricing to make sure that I'm keeping up with, you know, the current current pricing. And it's called HomeWise. Wise is spelled W-Y-S-E. And you can put in um, projects and the uh, area code where you're at. I'm going to give you a general idea. Now, some stuff is, you know, way off. Uh, but for the most part, at least it gives you a general idea of what uh, something's going to cost you, especially when it comes to square footage price, you know, what it's going to cost to uh, um, have new flooring or to um, have a house stucco and stuff like that. Uh, you get a general idea and then you can you can work off of that. I, I wouldn't just use that, but that's another. You can add that to the other three things that we talked about where you consider different pricing and kind of come up with an average Awesome, awesome. And what was that website again? HomeWise. I'm not sure if that you'd have to Google it. I don't know if it's homewise.com or whatever, but it's spelled W-Y-S-E. And it's last time I used it, it wasn't one of those ones where you do all of it and you got to give all your information and then they go come back to you with the price. It'll give you a uh, it'll give you pricing um, what you should expect to pay in your area for that type of work. Right, right instantly. It'll do it. Solid, solid, fantastic, fantastic. You guys get value? Awesome, awesome. So um, what we're gonna do guys is I'm, I'm gonna unmute everybody right now and I'm gonna open up for Q&A. So you guys, can, you guys are more than welcome to ask Anthony anything or I uh, anything you guys want to um, and we can, we, we'll, we'll have it open for discussion. I'm gonna, I'm gonna unmute everybody right now and if you have a question, go ahead. You're more than welcome to start speaking. I have a question. Yes. It's Angela in Charlotte. Sorry, I'm running around like a crazy Andrew. person. Forgive me. Um, I said I'm running around like a crazy person. Forgive me. Um, my question for you is, is there a way that you can check up on a GC's reputation? Um, I know that like you can contact state boards to find out about licensing, but is there a particular site that you would use if you were going to subcontract something to confirm that, you know, somebody can and does do what they say they're going to do when you're kind of getting into it? Um, I have not found um, any sites that are really helpful for that. Uh, like you said, you can, most places you could just go and see if they have any complaints or anything like that. And you've got all your usual ones like you'd use anywhere else, Yelp and, all, and everything. But um, a bit, another one that you can do, which I've done uh, with subs, is uh, they'll start talking to you. They'll tell you, know, you say, have you worked on this this or that and they'll start talking so oh, yeah we got this going on now we got that going on okay great uh you know would you mind if i uh stop by one of your job sites and met up with you and we could talk about my project then you can actually get an idea of if, you know if they're bsing you um or if they really are you know used to doing that type of work if they're on a similar project and you can kind of assess that project if it looks like you know something they started six months ago and still haven't finished um or it's a messy job site or, or whatever, or if, you know, maybe you get there and everything will be exactly what you're hoping for. At least you got uh, 
eyes on something that they're doing, I would say that that'd be probably the best way. Yeah. Another thing I want to add on that too, um, it's, it's, it's important to also ensure that your GC is licensed and insured. Licensed and insured. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Would anyone, anyone else have a question? Those who ask shall receive tremendously. You know, too, just uh, if, let everybody know uh, that if you guys ever have any questions, uh, feel free to get my contact information from Luke and shoot me a text or give me a call and I'll help you the best I can by phone. Uh, if you're local, uh, you know, I don't mind stopping by. And um, it, I, it doesn't bother me at all to help somebody um, getting started out or even somebody in the middle because, you know, eventually uh, we may be working together someday. So feel free to reach out. Hey, Luke, this is Deontay out of uh, Broward. Um, I did have a question. Uh, I remember you guys were saying for the light rehabs. I remember going to Home Depot one day and just seeing different prices on flooring where it was about a buck and a buck and a half. Um, and I just remember taking pictures for just different materials. So when you say $15 per square foot, is that all of the materials? per square foot for the uh, square footage of the home that you multiply by? Yes, that would be all on a, on a light rehab. Yes, you could figure on about $15 a square foot. That would be, you know, that would include your flooring, your painting, your fixtures, etc. Some new cabinets, okay. stuff like that. Gotcha. I, and I didn't catch the part where you talked about uh, the difference between light rehab, medium rehab, and a large re or a complete rehab. Uh, could you refresh that information for me? Just basically the square footage. I got the fifteen dollars for light rehab, but for a medium rehab, what would it be about twenty twenty to twenty five maybe? Yeah, that was it. Okay. And you want me? To, you want me to explain the medium rehab, Luke? Sure. Okay, I would uh, medium rehab is usually uh, you'd want to add in some type of mechanical something you know things uh, whether it's a new panel, new eight, new uh, new air condenser or uh, air handler or both, um, and windows. A lot of times windows, not all of them, but you know you might have to replace some windows, window repairs, uh, new trim, new doors, stuff like that. Different things that are. Uh, that are not just cosmetic. You know, like we said, it's not a full rehab, but uh, there might be some drywall repairs in there, uh, stuff like that. So that's that's where you would expect in a medium rehab. Awesome, yeah, and, and, and I just wanna add too, um, that sometimes um, medium rehabs, again, like like Anthony was saying, it, it, it does include some co some mechanical work. So if the house may need an HVAC system, um, you know, that's, that's something that you could assess uh, on top of the cosmetic work that it already needs. So, um, and then of course, if you've got to do a, uh, a full rehab, that's the entire property, everything inside and out. Yep. Oh. So, yeah. so I wouldn't, no, no, I wouldn't call it like, it wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be a gut job. That would just no, be, no, no, no. yeah. 
gut a gut job is when you take it all the way down to the studs and you get more into remodeling. Um, yeah. By that time, you're out of yeah, you're out of renovating. You're into remodeling. You're forty, fifty, sixty, seventy dollars a square foot by the time you get into that. So, so for your for your houses that are like fire damage, right? So you have a fire damaged home. That's that's a gut job. I mean, that's as bad. Yeah, that's a complete gut, and you're rebuilding. You know, a gut gut job is usually where you just rip out all the drywall and you work with what you got in there. You might have some some repairs, or you know, might be building a new wall or something like that. But you're not rebuilding everything. Yeah. On a fire damage, usually you're replacing uh, trusses, at least some of them. Um, you know, plywood. Uh, usually you're going to have to replace all the electrical. Some places let you get away with repairing it but usually they're concerned about the um, the wire melting inside the casing from being overheated and it looks like it's okay but really it's not stuff like that so uh, it's pretty in-depth awesome awesome all right guys value you guys pumped so you guys how many of you guys so for show of hands real quick how many guys feel confident to go out to your next property now and go assess it. Go look at some repairs. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I over overlooked, definitely. Who's that, Issa? Yeah, man. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Does anybody else have a question? I see uh, Deontay, you, you have your hand up. Do you have another question? Yeah, real quick, I was thinking about the mechanical. So you said HVAC would... Um, would water heaters fall into that? And um, yeah, basically just the HVAC with the mechanical, would a water heater fall into that? Or uh, what am I trying to say? Yeah, just water heater and AC units. Yeah, a water heater could. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'd rather have Anthony talk about this a little more than, than me because he's the expert on this. But um, in my experience, if I could just chime in what, what my experience is, I mean, water heaters really aren't that expensive. I mean, I've had one replaced by uh, by a uh, a plumbing company, and I've also had one replaced by um, you know by someone who just kind of replaces heaters. And I mean, uh, if you have somebody who's good, uh, a heater, the actual heater can cost you anywhere between four to five hundred bucks to get it replaced, uh, compared to you know a licensed uh, plumbing company who may charge you maybe twelve or thirteen hundred bucks. But um, that's something that that could be rolled into um, you know light rehab. Uh, I'm sorry, medium rehab uh, with mechanical. It just really just depends on how bad the mechanical work is. So an another thing to just to keep in mind as well um, is let's just take this for example. Let's take that you're working on a property, Deontay, that uh, you know the HVAC system's out, the you know the uh, the water heater needs to be changed, but everything else in the property is good. It's, you know, the property structurally sound, uh, the roof is good, uh, you know, everything else, the plumbing lines are good. It's just the you know just that water heater. I mean, yeah, that 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 could totally fit into a a, a mechanical budget of of uh, of about what twenty twenty thousand uh, dollars on a thousand dollar square foot home. But if the home yeah. needs, if the, once once you once you add the roof on top of that, though, I mean, you 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 make your way into a into a heavy rehab. Does, does that make sense? Because the roof is going to add on another six thousand seven thousand dollars onto a house that size. It's going to swing you into a into a higher repair bracket. Does that make sense? Now, I, I do want to add this then. The reason I'm saying that is because I do want to add this, and let's just say you change the scenario a little bit, and you say, okay, well, you, you're working with a property that's got a that's got a bad roof, right? But the HVAC is great, 
and the um, and the plumbing is is great, right? So really, all you got is a roof and some cosmetics. You you kind of still fall into that medium rehab range because a roof on top of fifteen thousand dollars worth of cosmetics, you're gonna end up in that twenty five k range. Does that does that make sense? So it's kind of like a give and take. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, thank you for that. You want to chime in, Anthony? As well, I think you covered it. Um, also, if you guys want an idea of uh, what a roof should cost you, is it, it goes by squares. Uh, it's a hundred square feet is a square. So if somebody says your roof is twenty squares, that means it's two thousand square feet. Rule of thumb used to be around two fifty to two seventy five. That's for a complete tear off and new roof. Uh, after the last hurricane we had about what's i think about a year and a half ago or maybe a little longer th almost three years ago but they gradually started uh raising their prices and you can probably expect to be paying around 300 to 350 a square um and you could also break it down to square foot if they just in that industry they they do square so square foot would be three dollars a square foot or four dollars a square foot but at least you got an idea if somebody comes in and want seven dollars a square foot or or seven hundred dollars a square You've got an idea that you know that they're way way out of line. So, um, plan on best case scenario about two hundred fifty a square, and worst you should be paying right now is about three fifty a square. Well, they're awesome. Also, water heaters. If you take a look at them, and cosmetically they look good, but you got a problem with them. There's only uh, really two components that it could be. There's a thermostat inside there that um, any, anybody with a screwdriver can change out. And then there's also elements. There's usually a top and bottom one. Uh, if your water's ice cold, then you probably need to replace both. If it's just warm, it's one or the other. And uh, they sell a tool at Lowe's. You can unscrew them and put the new one in and and be done with it. Um, you know, if you can get, if you can replace one and you got somebody that's not gonna overcharge you for it go ahead and replace it but also just know that you know you do have other options awesome i have another question Both. um curious about time frame so um this question kind of comes from so my dad has a, a property that's at the beach and we're talking coastal north carolina and getting properties rehabbed over there, like post-disaster, is it's like people move out there and they don't work anymore. I don't really know what the deal is. So if you get, if you're, I'm in Charlotte, if you get a contractor who says, hey, I think, you know, this rehab or this flip is going to take X amount of time. Is there any way you can find out whether or not somebody's jerking you around on labor hours and man hours? Like, you know, just based on sort of their proposal or, I mean, I know things come up, so... Yeah. Any? Well, are you are you talking about a situation where somebody's charging you by the hour of time and material? Uh, yeah. You or like, you know, just is there a way when someone says, hey, I think this project is going to take me, you know, six months. Can you look at something and say, like, look, man, that's insane. You know, you, you've lost it here. Yeah. A couple questions I'd ask is... Um, does that include permitting and, and, you know, get your engineering and stuff like that done? Because I've had projects that unfortunately have taken six months just to get, to just get to those, get that yeah. part of it. So, so you'd want to know what the, 
average i always say turnaround time so how long does it usually take from now till the time you get the permits whatever they tell you i would say double it just in case uh okay and a lot of times you know you they you legitimately will run into problems with the building department a lot of times i've seen contractors just bs and say it's uh the building department's holding me up i put in the paperwork and snap you can always call down there say, hey, I got, you know, I'm waiting on this permit. Um, and they'll tell you, usually they'll tell you, you know, we didn't get any paperwork or that guy hasn't been here or he just brought it in this morning after you got off the phone yelling at him for, <laughs> for not doing it. Um, and then, um, you know, if, yeah, if the guy or guy or girl is being honest with you and they tell you it's going to take six months and we're going to be there every day and this and that, and you, you can it's common sense hey this is a okay. probably a one month thing um also watch for if they're coming doing a little bit of work and then waiting two weeks to have let's say the electrician come in you know you can't always time it so that the, the minute we're done with the framing that the electrician will be there the next day but if they if they finish one stage of it and then the sub the next sub doesn't come in for two three weeks then that's just poor planning on the general contractor's part Okay. And, um, you know, that's something that you'd want to talk to them about so, and, and, you know, tell them, hey, well, then maybe we need to find a new sub or or whatever the case is. But, yeah, don't let them lay too much off on, on other people. Yeah, I'm lucky. My, my husband is in um, construction. My father is a GC that's licensed in nine states. And then my father-in-law is a GC. So okay. I have people that I can ask questions. But, you know, I try to never mix family and business. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, too, just to, for my own, when I get into more of that type of stuff, you know, not getting taken right off of the proposal is real helpful. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I would hold them to dates too. Um, you know, tell them if they tell you it's going to be three months, tell them, you know, okay, I, I'd like, can we get that in writing? And, you know, tell them, I understand it's going to take an extra week or two, but I just don't want to be sitting here six months having a conversation right. uh, about this. So be the fairest thing to do. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Any more questions? Yeah, I had a, I had a quick question. Um, I just want to know in you guys' experience, is that 15000 for a light rehab, is that a rule of thumb in most markets? Or, um, you know, does it, does it vary in you guys' experience? That, that's a great question, Tyrone. Um, in my experience, it varies. Um, I've done, I've done deals in Chicago and what I thought was a $70,000 renovation is, was like a hundred. Um, another <laughs> thing too, <laughs> another thing too, man, we talk about that later. <laughs> another thing too, man, is, um, is, uh, uh, uh you know, depending on the season. So in Florida, right? For roofers, for example, right? Every hurricane season, roofers like jack up their prices because they get super busy, right? Putting on new roofs for, 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 for properties that were damaged. So it's something that will fluctuate, but depending, but depending on markets, it is different. Um, I mean, the cost of building is different in different areas of, of the United States. Um, mm -hmm. And so in my experience, just from, you know, hopping into a different market and doing business there, I've noticed a the difference there. Um, you want to chime on that, Anthony? Your thoughts? Yeah, um, I've worked in a few different markets. Um, it's been a while, and it, uh, it it certainly depends on the trades as well. Uh, painting is painting. You can, um, as long as you get somebody that's decent, you might find somebody that's really reasonable. 
um, or you might find somebody that's really expensive, but you can usually find variations in whatever market you're at. Um, but you do get into things where, you know, all the electricians, let's say in North Carolina, um, you know, have a certain starting price and that's it. You're not going to find uh, anybody cheaper than than anybody else, um, or at least not as cheap as maybe you'd find in Orlando, Florida. Um, so, and in different parts of the state of Florida itself, uh, East Coast versus Central Florida versus West Coast. So there are, um, you know, there are a lot of situations where that $15,000 um, idea is not going to uh, work out for you. But, um, you know, when you're, when you're talking about just doing a lot of cosmetic stuff, that should it should be a good starting point for you. So, and then build from there. So I guess uh, I would just say any project you look at, plan on spending 15,000 plus. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, here, now here's a question um, for you, Anthony. Uh, when you when, yeah. we, when we start talking about bigger homes, because you know every house the size matters of the house too, right? So we start talking about bigger homes. Yeah. That does that does that start to change at any point? Uh, for instance, like let's say we're talking about fifteen dollars square foot on a twelve hundred square foot house compared to a five thousand square foot house or three thousand square foot house. Yeah, well, it's a tough one because a lot of times you'll find in the the bigger the home, the more expensive. Uh, materials people want to use um so you know a kitchen you know they might want to use cabinets double the double the price or higher end flooring or they might want to have multiple rooms different colors stuff like that but the the square foot price in theory should actually go down a little bit because um it's a bigger house and you usually get you know i know for myself if i'm doing something i'd rather if the house is four times the size i'd rather do one house that's four times the size than four separate projects, it, you know, I can make more money uh, like that. All things considered, but you know how it is. There's always uh, variations to that. So, awesome, awesome. Thank you. No problem. You guys, have any more questions? All right, guys. So it looks like we are all set for tonight. If you guys. Guys, thank you so much for, for everybody who's joined tonight. Thank you for taking out your time, your precious, precious time to hang out with us and talk about uh, contracting, which is a little bit different from what we normally talk about. Normally, we're talking about things like marketing and, <laughs> and things like that. But this is this is a huge, huge thing, guys. I wanted to make sure I brought you an expert in the industry to talk about um, th this particular field so that way you guys can think more on the mindset of an investor because once you can be once you can assess your situation like an investor or look at a property like a GC you'll just be that more that more effective negotiating your deals you'll have confidence you know you'll, you'll have facts behind behind what you're saying you know you'll, you'll know your stuff so um, guys get out there I know you guys are going to crush it by the way I do want to say this as well congratulations Angela on your first deal congratulations on your deal of Thank night. you Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. Awesome, awesome. And um, so if you guys don't have any any more questions, we're going to go ahead and we're going to sign off tonight. And then uh, we'll all gather again next month. Nice to meet everybody. Look forward to next month. Thank you so much. Thank you all for sure. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you.
Sure thing. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Have a blessed night, guys. Sure thing. Thank you. Everybody have a blessed one. Let's wholesale real estate. We're going to wholesale real estate. If you want to wholesale real estate, then you are in the right place. Thank you for listening to School of Wholesale with your host, Luke Madez. If you want more information, subscribe to this podcast as well as follow on Instagram at Luke Madez. L-U-C-M-A-D-E-U-S. And if you have any questions, send me an email at flippinglegendary at gmail.com. That is flippinglegendary at gmail.com. Let's wholesale real estate. We're going to wholesale real estate.